This is Daizen Shui XD Podcast, episode 133, for the week of June 15th, 2008. Welcome to Daizen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shui X. We cover anything and everything! Dragon Ball. Everything! <laughs> everything! Break plate here. <laughs> and hope some enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What's up, all? Hi. Hey, it's Mary over here. What's up? I'm up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Suppose so. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Mary, yes. what is going on in the world with you today? Half day goodness as per the norm on Fridays now. Awesome. I ditched out a little early today, 4 p.m. Ooh. It was, it was nice to get out and came home, did my run, shower again, and have a fun evening and stuff. Cool. So you're, uh, Mary, even though I just talked about myself, that was kind of, I'm sorry. What else you got going on? Closing in on Anime Next stuff. Yeah, we gotta talk about that. We'll get to that momentarily. Tim Russert dies from apparent heart attack? I heard about this today. I did not hear about this today. Mary- See, because I left work at 1.30, I'm like half a day behind on news. However, instead of the New York Post, you should have the podcast I know, online. I do have it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> not Kurt Russell! <laughs> Oh, uh, let's say hello to Julian. Oh, he's not here. Julian's off doing... You know what? I'm going to pull up the email. What is Julian doing today? Actually, I'm heading to Himeji Castle tomorrow morning, so we won't be around to record. Okay. Well, there you go. That's where Julian is right now. We were going to try to check in with him. Maybe we still can. So I think like last week's episode, if I manage to see him this weekend, Julian will be right here. Hey, Julian. What's up, dude? Oh, you know, the usual. It's uh, Sunday evening for me. This is kind of late for us in general, but of course we've all been busy with different things. So, I assume you guys already did a topic of some kind? Yeah, we already did the podcast. Uh, Although, when you hear this in the podcast, it is much earlier than the rest of said podcast. Anyways, yeah, uh, we talked all about the news and stuff, and did some initial thoughts on Burst Limit. And speaking of which, now that the game has kind of been out for about a week over there in Japan, any more, like, word on the street or advertising going on anywhere? Oh, you know, I see a couple of posters and games or places that sell video games, but, uh, you know, I don't have a TV, so I don't get bombarded with commercials and that sort of stuff. Uh, I was going to ask about that, because I guess some of the commercials have started showing up over here in American television. Well, I mean, they're obviously different commercials, but it seems to be getting a pretty big pish. Pish, push. Yeah, see, it's late for you, but it's early for me, so I don't think either of us are going to fully be here right now. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Let's see. In uh, non-Dragon Ball news, of course, I'm sure you've all heard by now about a big earthquake over here in Japan. So uh, I'm kind of amused by the coverage that it's gotten on the American news media. I think maybe they're playing up the parallels between the Sichuan earthquake and China from the other month. Right. But despite the relative strength of the earthquake... Here, yes, literally several people died, and it's really limited to areas of Iwate Prefecture up in northern Japan. And in fact, one of the several casualties was an old man who got scared by the earthquake, ran out of the building, and got hit by a truck. Ah. So not all of them are even directly earthquake-related fatalities. Now, obviously, there's some infrastructure damage up in northern Japan, some roads and such. But down here in Kansai, you know, it's business as usual. Uh, I didn't even feel the earthquake, so... 
Well, that's good to hear from your perspective, anyways. I mean, Japan gets a lot of earthquakes, being as it is, you know, on the Pacific Ring of Fire and everything. So, you know, it's business as usual here, and um, the big earthquake in the uh, Osaka area, after all, was 13 years ago in Kobe. So, with any luck, uh, we won't get any big ones in my area while I'm here. Cool. Well, okay, so that's Dragon Ball, that's Earthquakes. What else you got going on? Oh, let's see. Saturday I went up to Himeji, which is west of Kobe, to check out the castle that's there. Uh, there's Osaka Castle, too, but the thing about Osaka Castle is it's really um, a concrete reproduction made during the 1950s. Um, Himeji Castle was technically rebuilt, but it was still standing before they did that. They just wanted to make sure it would remain standing for a long time after, so they methodically took it apart and then put it back together. So it's interesting seeing an old castle that's you know still in, in its essentially original form. Uh, it's a little Spartan on the inside, but you have a few exhibits, and it's just interesting taking in the locale. Yes, and it's a really nice castle town. Obviously, it's a fairly built-up city now in Hyogo Prefecture, but you still have the main axis of the, the main drag, Otemaidori, leading from the castle towards Himeji Station, which, at the time that it was built, was just outside the outer moat of the castle town, like adjacent to the city walls. You can't really see that anymore, but it's interesting the way that that was aligned. You got any pictures for us? Um, I have pictures that I haven't put on my computer yet. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think I've seen any from you for quite a while now, so... Yeah, well, I have a lot of them, and as I get more, it's even more daunting to put them up on the internet. Yeah, I hear you. I know what that's like. Uh, (laughs) But I'll do my best. All right, cool. Uh, Anyway, enough about Japanese history, uh, so... I don't know. Do you got anything else for us? <laughs> we had a pretty abbreviated episode, so I figure this will be kind of short, too. Oh, well, let's see. I used an Amazon Japan gift certificate to finally get the Inazuma Challenger CD. Oh, sweet. So when do you yeah. expect that in? Um, I, I It showed up like two days after I ordered it, and oh. I didn't even <laughs> cool. use special shipping. I guess there's advantages to being in Japan. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think about that? I like it. Um, actually, I, I find that the new tracks are very in keeping with the sort of classic Dragon Ball style. I think you felt that they sounded a little dated, but to me, I think that suited them fairly well. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they fit in with the rest of the context of the CD, so I, I guess it makes sense for that. And I enjoyed the new arrangements of the old songs. I kind of have a little bit of the opinion that Ushio Hashimoto should not try to sound like she's, you know, 12 anymore now that she's at least in her 40s if not substantially older i agree one can only be a buriko for so long and um considering she was basically that in the 80s i can't imagine her still doing that (laughs) yeah it's a little weird but i i think it she didn't sound so young that it was creepy but whatever Overall, I really enjoyed the CD, and I, I thought it was worth picking up, which just makes it even stranger why it doesn't seem to have any Dragon Ball branding. You think, especially one that, frankly, that is better than some of the actually Dragon Ball Absolutely. that we've seen. Why, why, why is this not part of the franchise, you know? I don't know. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you picked that up, so get your little take there on it as well. I don't really have anything else for you. You got anything to wrap it up with? Well, let's see. I'm still working on figuring out how it is I can get into that thing jump anime tour that's going to be coming to osaka in september right keep you updated on that uh i got a i got a few months to figure it out i guess and uh, i'll keep you posted on whatever i hear from around here all right then 
Well, uh, I don't think we'll uh, see you next week, but maybe we will somehow because it's going to be a different kind of episode, but we'll talk about that later. So until then, Julian, we'll uh, catch you later. All right. Well, I'll see you later, guys. And we're back. So that's Mary. That's Julian. My name's Mike. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And uh, I'm going to coordinate this here podcast. We've got some cool stuff for you. It's going to be a short, abbreviated episode because, Mary, as you mentioned, Anime Next is next week. Fancy I can't that. believe it's already here. I know. Like Every year said, it comes. I'm like, is it last already Last week you're like, time? oh, I'm not mentally prepared. And I'm feeling that even more. Like the stress is coming down on me. <gasps> but we're in good stress. shape. Everything's pretty much ready to go. Going into final like burning mode here. But it's cool. Burn, burn, burn. Andrew Deluxe is here. He's hanging out in the background. Yo. What's up? What are you playing? Capcom Fighting Jam. I'm kicking ass as Vegeta. All right. Maybe that got picked up. I th- think it did. Yeah. You were playing a couple rounds of Burst Limit earlier. Yes. We'll get to that. That's what we're going to talk about this episode. Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit came out on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 this week. This is going to be our initial thoughts on the game. Like we've been doing the last few games, we do an initial thoughts the first week it comes out. Then after a couple weeks, when we actually have a chance to really get into the game, we'll give you our final thoughts on it. So that's kind of what this episode is going to be. Mary, we got some housekeeping, a couple little things to do before we get into the meat of the show. We do have news. I think we're going to do news on the topic this week, and that's pretty much going to wrap it up, and we'll talk about anime next. But uh, other housekeeping stuff, what can... Oh, I remember what one of them was. It was our Iron Editor videos. They never get online. Oh, right. Sorry. I was hoping to put them up last weekend, but I'll hopefully get around to it this weekend. But Anime Next Contest is kind of my first priority. So you can see when we start dropping segments from the show, you know it's con time. Right. There's a ton of stuff going on. So that's priority and it needs to get done. We'll talk about Anime Next, I think, at the end of the episode. We'll give a recap on what's going on, what we're doing which isn't a whole hell of a lot this year. Kind of giving ourselves a little bit of a break. Mm, Is that it? I got a bunch of news. I think we'll do the news. Let's hop on over to it. All right. Mary, the first bit of news I got for you is something that I have not given you. I have not shown you. Oh, goody. I love and surprises I'm gonna talk on the show. Hold on. I'm going to click the link to open it. I have a printout for you. Don't click it. Okay. You're going to get to read the printout. Here you go. Am I reading along? No. So, uh, teen busted after walking out of Walmart with a DVD in his <laughs> hand. <laughs> Okay. This showed up in my news feeds today and it was Dragon Ball related. I'm like, what does this have to do with Dragon Ball? So I'm just going to recap it. It's from Fort Bend Now, which is what I write at the bottom. What is the tagline for this? Constantly updated news for Fort Bend County, Texas. Missouri City Police issued a citation to a 17-year-old Sugarland resident on Thursday Sugarland. after the man was caught shoplifting a DVD from a Walmart store. Police were called to the store at 5501 State Highway 6 at about 3.40 p.m. After store employees had detained the man, a police spokeswoman said... Can you really call a 17-year-old a man? Uh, yeah, exactly. There's a little bit more here. When they arrived, employees said the man had entered the store, gone to the movie section, and picked up a copy of Dragon Ball Z Season 4. He allegedly tore off the price tag and walked out of the store with a DVD in plain sight in his hand. Store employees told investigating officers that the man had told them, quote, he was trying to get his cousin a gift and didn't have any money to pay for it. Because the <laughs> offense is a Class C misdemeanor, police issued a citation instead of making an arrest, the police spokeswoman said. Doesn't this kid know that you don't shoplift your anime? You, you download, download it. it. You bootleg it. That's what all the cool kids do. Come Jeez, on, this buddy. This kid needs to go to Internet Living 101. 101. <laughs> 17-year-old 101 for the Internet. Yes, 
Oh, God. We do not encourage bootlegging. No, obviously, that's not where we're coming from. It's the reality of the situation, and we can't ignore that. So that was kind of my fun little intro news for the week. That's awesome. I love it. Isn't that awesome? I totally dig that. Let's talk about real news. Kind of boring, dry stuff. Navar, who's the parent company of Funimation, put out their fourth quarter and fiscal year 2008 earnings, and they had their conference call, which I always like to listen into because it's, you know, nice, dry, fiscal, Corporate. corporate SEC nonsense. So we'll give you a little recap of some of the things I talked about. Funimation sales significantly above the previous year due to DVD strength. That's interesting. Gross profit offset by a decline in distribution. That's interesting there that they did really well, but they couldn't do as well as they probably could because distribution is down. We've noticed this in a lot of stores like Suncoast has gone away. I remember that was a big thing they talked about last year. And even Best Buy isn't quite carrying as much anime as they used to. So distribution's down, but Funimation's still doing pretty good. Funimation experienced double-digit revenue growth and its operating income increased 148% for the fiscal year. In other words, Funimation's doing pretty good. There's nothing Dragon Ball specific, but when we talked about this with our little quasi-Dragon Ball-focused state of the anime industry, they're not doing too shabby with two of their competitors out of the way, which kind of happened around December last year. And once again, uh, one of the analysts asked, is there anything coming up with picking up some of those franchises, are there any acquisitions, consolidation? And in not so many words, they're like, yeah, there's some stuff out there, there, no comment on what's going on. So Mary, what do you think I is think up there? I think it would be, personally, I mean, as a fan, of course I want them to pick up some shows because there's a lot of dangling threads out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, if they are spewing money, I think they're in a good position to just go ahead and snatch up some of the hotter properties that are actually viable. Insert DS Prince money joke here, I guess yes. you could say. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, pretty much uh, for the the, the call. Mary, tell me there what the next go. bit of news is. <laughs> sure. In Japan, there's the Super Anime Tour that we've been talking about. It turns out the animated feature that we caught wind of a couple weeks ago is actually going to be based on an original concept by Akira Toriyama himself. So Sweet. it's not just some Toei thing that they slap together. It's actually It actually has something to do with Toriyama. He had involvement, so that's good to hear. I don't know, because Toriyama today is like, I'm going to write a joke about a cat. I would like it if it's funny. <laughs> it needs to be a fucking Nekomajin OVA. Come on. Oh, man. That's what that I want. That would be sweet, because then it doesn't have to do anything. It's already done. Exactly. Perfect. So nice. Hopefully we can get Julian in on that. Yeah, he's going to try to go. He's been looking up all the info on that. Other stuff. Hironobu Kageyama. We're going to be seeing him in, what, August? Yes. Nice. Also, in August, one of his old CDs is getting re-released. This is the Power Live 98 CD coming out on August 6th. Obviously, it came out back in 1998. It's being Oh, it's 10 years. That's kind of cool. It's going to be 2,600 yen, and there are five Dragon Ball songs on this disc. It's not a Dragon Ball-specific CD, but there are five songs from, I don't know, if it was a single show or recordings from across the tour. The five songs are Mind Power, dot, 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 key. This is from DBZ episode 139, Mary Trunks flashback song. Hooray! Good stuff. Uh, Unme no Hi, Tamashi Tai Tamashi, which is episode 184 insert song, Super Saiyajin 2 Gohan transformation. Bokutachi Watenshi Data, which is the second DBZ ending, Chala Head Chala, which is obviously the first DBZ opening, and then finally Forever, which was an image song. So those are the five DB-related songs on that disc. Really good stuff. Uh, other thing I did mention when I post about this on the website is that there was also a Power Live 95 CD, which was very similar, where it was a whole bunch of different anime songs. Some of them are Dragon Ball-related, 
updated. All of the Dragon Ball songs from that CD were actually included on the Chozenju release. So this is a CD you would want to pick up because you probably don't already have it if you're trying to complete your collection. Other stuff, Burst Limit, is going to be the topic of the show and there's some news about it as well. Tons of reviews are available. IGN did it, GamePro did it, 1UP just put their review up. I'm sure game trailers will have a video review in the coming days. IGN actually had a little video review. It was about three minutes long. They're all, uh, you know, I didn't really read any of them in depth because I wanted to play a bit more of the game myself before reading other stuff. So I kind of read their summaries and I'm agreeing with them so far. Let's talk about the first week's sales because it is number one over in Japan for the last week. Burst Limit on the PS3 sold 92,000 copies. It is the best-selling game of the week. However, Metal Gear Solid 4 is coming out, so it's probably going to take it off the chart. Number 12 was also Burst Limit on the 360. Really interesting that there were enough people that own a 360 in Japan that didn't buy the PS3 version for it to get to number 12 on the list. Pretty shocking. thing with the Japanese list is, though, past top 10, you don't get actual numbers, so all we know is that it was number 12. What I wanted to do was compare this to previous games, though, because I'm like, oh, 92,000, that's not too bad. So I went back and looked at uh, last year's game, Sparking Meteor. Sparking Meteor did 203,828 on the PS2, and then an additional 39,708 on the Wii in its first week. So I guess you could say Sparking Meteor kicked the shit out of Burst Limit. Well, we're also week. talking about the PS3 here, where the penetration rate isn't nearly as yeah, high as the PS2. Yeah, but the Japanese can't give any less of a shit about the 360, and PS3 is doing pretty decently over there. No, but it's still nothing compared to a PS2. No, it's not. And I actually wrote something on the website a few months back saying, you know, wouldn't it be in their best interest to still maybe put out a Dragon Ball game on the PS2? We get enough games every year. Well, the thing is, the PS2 has the... I think right now it is the... Um, maybe the DS just surpassed it in Japan anyways, but PS2 has the largest installed base of systems. I can't remember what the numbers were, but it's ridiculous. You put something out, like Sparking Media last year, first week, yeah, 200,000. Yeah, Easy. you're still going to have people buying it. Yeah. Maybe it was hard to port, or it would be hard to port What, burst backwards. limit down? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This would never work on previous systems, but what evs? Uh, the only thing I wanted to know is that all the gaming blogs are talking about about this this week. It's like, holy shit, Dragon Ball is like totally topping the charts. Is it really necessary to still be making over 9,000 jokes? Are they? Yeah, because this was, it sold 90,000 copies. So, I mean, Kotaku and all the other sites are like, it sold over 90,000. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all on the internet. We know. We've seen it. Let's move on, folks. Come on. Uh, <laughs> there's something about the game that I guess we'll save for when we talk about it in the topic along those I, lines. I guess. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, uh, that's all I got for the news. Shall okay. we go over to the topic? Let's do. Do it. Topic is going to be our initial thoughts on Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit, which just came out for the 360 and the PS3. Japan, five days ago, as of the American release, the 5th and then the 10th over here. Mary. Yes. The way I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do the typical graphics, gameplay, audio, that kind of stuff. We'll save that for the final thoughts on the game. Mm -hmm. This is going to be kind of a very casual, freeform, whatever you want to talk about with the game. We'll probably go back and forth on a whole bunch of different stuff. So, where would you like to start with the game? How much have you played? Played, what did you play? Who'd you play as? I'm almost finished with the Saijin arc. I'm, I think I actually <laughs> quit the game because I was Oh, cleaning. that's right. You were fighting Vegeta. You were about to win it. And then yeah. we're like, oh, we're going to go. Yeah, and I didn't save because I was like, okay, I know I'm only playing for the sake of testing. I'm not going to make this a serious save file or anything. So I came close to beating it. So I guess that was about seven battles 
or so? Yeah, I, I seven think or eight. Were, I think it might have been nine. I can't remember off the top of my head. So I've played all those characters up to that point, except for Vegeta. In the story mode. In the story mode, except okay. for Vegeta. I'm slightly further than you. I finished the Saiyajin arc myself, and I'm into the Frieza arc. I just started that. But I've also done some Xbox Live playing this evening. Uh, we haven't done versus mode yet, other than just me playing online. Where do you want to start from here, now that we know where we are? I mean, it's only been out three days here, and unlike all the lucky college kids who've been able to pick it up, we actually go to work during the day where they're home from school playing games. Oh, you kids in is, your free time. <laughs> you damn kids in your infinite free time. Us making money where we can buy this stuff but then don't have time to play it. Well, you know, for people who are making money, you can just go to Walmart and walk off with it and say you just bought it for your Oh, go Mary. bought it, in quotes. <laughs> I can't afford it, so I should just be entitled to it. Mary, I guess we'll start with pure graphics. I mean, I yeah. said we weren't going to go through all this, but it's important. What do you think? How's the game look? You were very not quite sure going into it from all the and online I'm still kind of not. I, I'm not totally sold on how the characters look as far as their... Like, the models look good, uh-huh. and they look like themselves, but it looks like they can't decide if they're cel-shaded or 3D. Like, they don't really have outlines, really. It's it hard is, to describe. It like, is kind of a strange medium between, like, the original Budokai game, which was pure 3D models, no cel-shading, and then Budokai 2, Dim started... This is important to say because Dim's created this game, who also did the Budokai series. They did 1, 2, 3. So, burst limit, a lot of people have been saying this, and I can totally see it. It's kind of like a remake of Budokai 1 for the new systems, because it only goes through the Cell arc. It's Dim starting a whole new series on the new system. So, that, I'm not really, like I said, I'm not really sure how I feel about the characters themselves, but everything else I love. It's very fluid. It's very fast. Mm-hmm. Everything moves nicely. I love the motion blur. I know you're all I about like motion the, blur. I like the special effects. I like the backgrounds, and I kind of like the fact that the levels aren't huge and they're not destructible. I know that, you know, destructible environments are kind of a big thing that should be in the current gen system. Well, a lot of but, people got used to that from the Sparking games. But I feel like it's so distracting to fly around in such a huge space that it kind of detracts from the purpose of actually getting down to business and fighting. You're much bigger on the left and right side fighting games yes. as opposed to over the shoulder, right. that style. So this made more sense for you. It, it definitely made a lot more sense and yet I still felt like the buttons... I mean, I think it was an improvement over what I've played in the past. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm having so much fun. I didn't really feel that way. I want to talk about the buttons and the controller because it's important. I have it on the 360. I don't have a PS3, so obviously I picked up the 360 version. D-pad is notoriously awful on the 360, So, and I'm not going to use analog stick for a very 2D-oriented fighter. I found that my hands are absolutely killing me after like three fights, and I don't have tiny hands. I mean, 360 controller fits me pretty well. It feels, I don't know, as opposed to sparking where you used all of the buttons, but they felt like they were all available to you very easily. I feel like I'm forcing a lot of button presses in this game and maybe putting too much effort into it. I feel that way too a little bit, but I think that's something that maybe comes with practice. And I know you did the tutorial mode, which yeah, I, I did. didn't do, so maybe you have a better handle. And I got handling. like a bazillion achievement points for doing Ooh, tutorial sweet. mode. <laughs> but you probably have a better handle as to what all the What different- does what, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I've, at this point, I'm button mashing. I'm still forgetting everything everything, though. What was nice about the Budokai series was that it was kind of the middle ground. For the very, very hardcore old 2D fighting fans, you had Super DBZ. In the middle, you had the Budokai series, and on the other side, for more button mash, you a little bit of depth and totally different style, you had the Sparking Games. And so Dimps is kind of returning to that in-the-middle style, not quite a hardcore fighter, but not really too casual, uh, for lack of a better phrase. But with all the button additions they've added, I feel like they're making their... This isn't a Budokai game. It's a new series, a new... It shouldn't be Whatever. another 
it shouldn't be the same. But I feel like they're making that style a little too overcomplicated with all the button combinations and the different triggers doing all that stuff. I don't know. I've only played it for three days, so I'm still not completely used to, all right, this is this is how I do the pursuit versus go into the super mode and pursuit versus a throw without using my charge, that kind of stuff. I'm still like learning my way around all that. There's one feature that I have a love-hate relationship with Oh, so you want to talk about the drama pieces? The drama pieces. I think it's cool that you can customize your fight to have a partner and select what they do during the course of the battle. And I know you can turn this off. I haven't done so yet, but I hate how... Well, not it- in story mode. In versus you can. Okay, that's cool then. In story mode then, which is the only thing I've had experience with, uh-huh. I hate how you can't skip those, and I don't like the fact that it does tell the story You know, in there. I find it very distracting. I actually find that I don't mind them in story mode, but in versus mode, they get old. I only played like two or three versus mode or versus fights on live and I was so sick of them after the second fight like yeah. really Piccolo's gonna come out to say you're not trying hard enough but Brief, I like the fact pause, that wipe and continue I like the effects that those selections have on the fight when you're in your menu and you're picking okay I want True. this to do this this and this right but I hate the time it takes for it to do so. It's kind of like a replacement for the capsule system. I don't know if you remember that in the old Budokai games. We were like, okay, I want to be able to use Kaioken, Super Saiyajin, Kamehameha, and Genkidama. Over in here, you kind of choose your super art, a la Street Fighter 3, and then you choose your drama pieces, which are like your capsules. So it's it's like an evolution of what Dimps did with those games. Can you believe how long ago that stuff was? We've had six AAA Dragon Ball games in a row. We had Budokai 1 through 3, Sparking 1 through 3, and now we're starting over again. It's crazy, and I think that's why I'm still so lukewarm about it. Is there's too many? There's not enough time in between uh, volumes, and I really wish there were a couple of years to sit on it so I can genuinely be excited about this because I'm not excited. That's at really all. important to note because October, November has been this is when the game comes out. Sparking games were almost to the day exactly a year apart in November. So Sparking Meteor just came out last November. It's June now. So it's only been about half a year since we had the last big Dragon Ball game. There have been other... Well, actually, there really hasn't been anything in the meantime. But in previous years, we had, like, Battle Stadium D.O.N. We had Super DBZ. Even earlier, we had, like, some of the Game Boy games. But this is the closest we've had between the two big games ever, maybe? So it is really hard to get excited about this game. You're like, I just got done with Sparking Meteor, and it I guess feels like. you could say the difference is, oh, it's for, you know, the next-gen systems. That's what makes it different. But... It's not that different. It's not different enough. Because it is... It's a Budokai 1 remake, really. But I do like the fact that there are less characters. True. A lot. I don't feel like they're totally clones of one another. They're still extremely similar. Yeah. But I feel like they're a bit more genuine. You got stuff like Nappa is much slower. Piccolo is Dalsim, as you were saying earlier. They're, it seems like they're putting the stretching more to use here than they have previously. Goku's the well-rounded one who's not fast but not slow, and he's average in all of his strengths. So it's kind of, yeah, they're different, but they're not innovatively different. It's kind of, yeah, of course, Nappa, the big guy, he's the slower one. That makes sense. You know, it's really interesting because it's come out that Dimps is really the ones putting the programming effort into Street Fighter 4. That's been confirmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. So do you think Dimps is like, well, we're working really hard on Street Fighter 4. Let's get Burst Limit out, and then next year we'll do the really good one with Burst Limit 2. Because we saw that every Budokai game got better and better and better. Budokai 1 was like, all right, we finally have a new Dragon Ball game. Budokai 2 was, oh, shit, the- the graphics are so much better, and they've added so much to the fighting engine. Budokai 3 was amazing. So you think, is it going to take them three iterations to perfect this? 
I'm worried about that because usually when this is just my take on it, every time there's a new iteration, they add more stuff. I found uh -huh. this game was very cumbersome with stuff between all the selections and all the menus and all the customization. Already, it's a already. Over so done. what's it going to be? You know, after this, is it going to be even more stuff cluttering up the screen, even more drama pieces and cutscenes? Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's look back ten years because we've this is the seventh year of like the big main system game. So. In 10 years, maybe we'll have a burst limit three. Let's look back right now, though. We're in 2008, 10 years ago, a little bit more, 11. 1997, we had Final Bout. Look how far we've come. Oh, I know. Now, I was actually thinking about how we have no right to complain compared to 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 10 years ago, if you asked me, we'd have like nine, however many it's been, right. major games on consoles. I would have laughed in your face. Right. One, we thought we were done in 97. Right. Like, oh, well, I guess that was it. Knowing that that's the case, it just seems like very blatant marketing. I Every mean, of course year. it is, because it's Dragon Ball, and it's popular, and people will like it. And I'm not saying they don't put effort into the games, because clearly they're not shitty games no, at all. No, absolutely not. But I do feel like they're just putting them out and putting them out and putting them out without really giving us a chance to breathe for the sake of people buying it while, you know, Dragon Ball's still relatively popular. Yeah, I think they've realized that in the U.S. it's still doing well. People are still buying the games. Even over in Japan, hey, it was number one this week. They still love it, so... Keep making the games. At the same time, we've only had it for three days. We don't really have that great of an idea of like the intricacies of the fighting system and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about some other things about the game. Obviously, we've been playing it in Japanese because that's how we roll. Uh, let's talk about Japanese versus the English translations at the bottom. Not that we're Japanese experts by any means, but it did not truly seem like a translation. No, Vegeta said 8,000. He did not say 9,000. 9, this is a notoriously well-known mistranslation, and it's... I find it so funny that Brian Drummond was the one who delivered that line, and it's only become popular today when Drummond is, like, completely irrelevant to Dragon Ball fandom. But anyways, so the translations, are, they're dub titles, but it would seem that the dub translation, the dub script, is faithful enough to the and original it's like Japanese. it's kind of a translation, but their own take on it. Right, like, there was one where Yamcha says, the translation says, ah, easy breezy. And I can't remember if he says yada yada or something like that. No, but, I didn't say but it's, that. It's something like that where, uh, all right, I can see something like that. And there are other times where Piccolo says Son and in the subtitles it says Goku. So you know, there's some things that way. All in all, it's fairly accurate. This is the first time that I'm actually playing the American release of the major game since Budokai 3, which... Where I was looking up at the wall on, I'm looking at the PS2 games. I'm like, are we missing a lot? And then I forgot that we had a lot of Japanese versions of games. Yes, which are over on the other side right. of that shelf. Right. I'm like, Dragon Ball Z... Two, three. <laughs> so Budokai 3 came out first in America, and then the Japanese version came out, I think, a couple months later. From that point on, I've been playing them all on the Japanese PS2. Now now we're in the new series of systems. I don't have the Japanese version of that system yet. That'll be like 10 years down the road. But we're at the point where Atari is including the Japanese language tracks. I'm like, sweet, I can do that. But with the previous games, they've been removing the musical track in favor of new stuff. But this game has everything. It starts with a vocal opening. Hironobu Kageyama in there right from the start. So we're like, oh, this is sweet. It's all new music from Kenji Yamamoto, so we get that. So there's not 
like it's the music from the show, but Funimation doesn't use that music. So it's it's all there with the exception of TN and that kind right. of stuff. Well, we can expect which that. Which is kind of painful to read for us because I've gotten so used to you know seeing my kanji on the screen, but whatever. We I don't think I'm going to play the dub version at all, but I have seen a couple clips of it online. It looks like it's pretty decent. There's one clip that people have been talking about, Shemmel's Goku. I, I think I noticed it as early back as Budokai too. Shemmel's Goku in the video games is pretty damn good. Yes. It, I forget what the exact delivery of the line is, but it's those multicolored Saibai men um, on Gero's stage, and he's like, this color's more subdued and easier to look at. I was like, Goku doesn't know what those words are, but that was so well delivered that I can picture Goku saying that. And in this most recent game, it seems like, why is it in the games that they're putting in their all and they're sounding better? Is it is it the script? You think that's a know. lot to do with it? I think it's a lot to do with the script and the music, or they're not tied to that shit dub music from before and the totally ruined script and stuff so they actually get a chance to shine in maybe it's you maybe it is me maybe i just hate everything this is a well-known fact no i was gonna say maybe you've lightened up Maybe. They're liking the video games. It also could be that because people told me it was good, that I'm going You're to- You're sheep. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a sheep. Whatever. But no, I'll, I'll totally be playing it, you know, Japanese version through and through, because those are the voices I know and love. With the exception of the oh, late no, Hirotaka Suzuoki, who played Tenshin Han. The new replacement voice is not my favorite, because Tenshin Han never went like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like barking there. Like I really don't like him. That's kind of a shame. Let's talk about Xbox Live because it did a couple uh, online fights. Total cliche live experience. My first fight, well, it's not totally cliche because he didn't call me a faggot, but it was against a 10-year-old. And he was like, I beat the game and I, I unlocked everyone, but but I don't have live, so I'm on my brother's name. And and yeah, and he's just like talking and talking, talking throughout the whole fight, telling me about what he's unlocked and now he has everything. He's like, oh, 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 let, let's let's fly away from each other and fly into the Kamehameha and it'll be awesome. And I'm like, uh, and I just like beat him right there. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. I, <laughs> he's so excited and he beat the game already he was, he was really really happy and so excited I'm like that's awesome but you're 10 and I kind of feel like a pedophile playing against <laughs> right now that was really weird but I, hey he was happy uh, I went to do another fight online against the, the flag said he was from France but then um, Sebastian Spain. oh was it Spain yeah uh, look at me no, my flag is from Europe whatever um, Sebastian from our forum uh, sent me an invite so I played against him so like, huh, I'd rather play against someone I know and can actually, like, not awkwardly talk to, like, this 10-year-old boy. So funny against him. Um, you were watching. What kind of stuff did you notice as the live fights were going on? Very, very good overall. I only saw, like, two or three instances of lag. Yeah. And when there was lag, it seemed like the drama piece might get slightly out of sync, and then the game would pick right back up. A lot of the dialogue didn't have subtitles. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. The not-quite-ending dialogue didn't have the subs come up at the bottom. All in all, the live fights went really, really nicely, and I'm very happy, because as uh, the Wii owners of Sparking Meteor saw, like, that online just didn't work at all. You know what? I was gonna ask, what do you think is the staying power of this game? And I think the live is gonna keep it it's alive. It's gonna help it, yeah. Because as the 
the games continue to come out, I play the game for the purposes of doing these reviews, and I don't ever play them again. Yeah. Maybe I will with this one because of the life. Only time will tell. You don't have gold, though, so you'd have to play another No, game. no. <laughs> but th- that's cool, because then I can actually play against other people, and people are going to find out just how terrible I am at these games, because I play so many games. It's not like when we were playing Final Bout, and that was the only game we played, and I got really, really good at pressing that triangle button as fast as I could, but whatever. I'm looking forward to losing to all the listeners. What else do we want to say about... I was about to say Sparking Meteor, but that was seven months ago. About Burst Limit. It's good. It's not bad at It's only all. been three days. I don't have I a whole lot to say yet. Andrew, pause. Come over here. Andrew, you played like two or three fights. Right. What'd you think of it? It was okay. Uh, I thought graphically it's gorgeous. Um, Mary said she had a problem with the half uh, cell shading, half um, 3D models. I loved that. I thought it actually looked good and I'm not I don't. I don't. I'm not too familiar with the show, but they all looked like the characters to me. Um, the fighting itself was decent. It w- it seemed a little bit like um, the the punch and punch kick system uh, seemed a little bit like old school Virtual Fighter, and you know dodge and then do some kind of punch kick combination. You're doing a lot of teleporting. I don't know if you know how you were doing that, but I know I was blocking and moving. Yeah. Is it? Involved with timing? Yeah, as they're about to hit you, if you hit block and forward at the same time, you have enough key, you'll teleport to the other side and give him an elbow. Okay, I sort of knew what I was doing. I knew I was, I knew it was something like that. Yeah, it seemed like you were kind of picking up on it. I noticed that. Yeah, I, I like that aspect of the game, although uh, it got kind of crazy when I would teleport and punch and then he would teleport and punch. And Oh, it's nothing like Legends on PS1 where you could essentially do that endlessly. And it would just go up and up and up and up the screen. It was hilarious. But yeah, they've kind of figured out how to properly do that whole teleporting counter thing uh, there's so much uh button pressing though in that game because you want to you want to punch and you want to fill up your bar and, and everything that i had the same problem you did my hands cramped up right away you feel like it's so offensive that you're just constantly pounding away yes okay there's, there's not a lot of defense counter strike in the game it's a lot of aggression that i, I it seemed to me that the game awards aggression. Oh, absolutely. Like, even all of the defensive stuff there is seems based around being offensive, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, the teleportation was the only thing that seemed like any kind of real defensive maneuver, and even that you really kind of used as an offensive weapon. Right, to, right. Just to, to set them up for something. Block, right. Yeah. Ooh. I have one thing that I like about this game. Okay. Also that I thought of. No charging. Oh, yeah. yeah I it's, love it's... not having to run away and charge up <laughs> and then come back. I like that it's just automatic. I think it's going to be a huge bonus point from my perspective. Right. That always annoyed me about the older Dragon Ball games and the old right. King of Fighter games. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Go back to what are you, Capcom fighting game? You're fighting a dinosaur? Yes. Hauser. Mary, I don't know that I have anything else to say. I, I hate I to don't re- either. repeat myself. It's only been three days. We've right, only had the right. game. so No, I think we've gotten a lot out. And honestly, when we do our final thoughts, I don't know that our opinions will change much. But we'll see. I don't think so either. In the meantime, there's all those reviews from all the gaming sites that you can go check out. And maybe I'll read them now compared to what I think so far. So uh, that's that. I guess I'll wrap this up. That was the topic, our initial thoughts on Burst Limit. And we're actually going to wrap up the episode because we got stuffs to go do. we got a convention to do next week mary anime next is in next Caucus, new jersey as you're listening to this it is the upcoming week well maybe you're listening to this in the future i don't know if you listen to this right away let's just say june what is it 2021 <laughs> 20, 22 is it i am clicking the calendar that is correct we're not doing any dragon ball stuff we're not doing the podcast recording this year we are totally taking it easy we're doing one panel it's an amv retrospective we're going to play some of the award-winning videos from every year of anime next up until this point and we're just going to do a real cat 
casual, fun, conversing with the audience. Like, what did you think about this video? Does it hold up after time? What made it good then? What do you like about it now? How does it compare to today's stuff? I think that'll be really cool. That's going to be Friday, I think at 11 a.m. And then at 1 p.m. is going to be the main showing of the a- this year's AMV contest. So we'll be there for that stuff. And then I think we're pretty free from there on out Friday. Then Saturday is kind of our busy day where it's the second showing of the AMV contest in the morning. We got to count up all the uh, the ballots and compile the winners. We'll play that during the cosplay at night. But yeah, it's going to be hopefully a, a, a very chill anime next for us. So we'll be able to oh, do with some great guests. So hopefully we get to do some fan stuff too. Like Brian Drummond's going to be there. And right. Brad nice. Swaley. I, I feel like I still need such a W I think right it's now. Swale. Brad, I'm sorry. We had this conversation like last week. Yeah, but Brad Swale. But I sound like such a W, but I always wanted to. For those particular them. people, it's Ron Mutt and Dragon Ball from the mid 90s. Right. As opposed to like we've seen a couple dubbed episodes of Death Note and we like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. But for those specific people, it's like fandom from when we started getting in the stuff yeah, way back it's when. It's like mid 90s stuff for us. Yeah. But it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to hanging out. So if you're going to be there, you- you'll find us. Look for AMV related stuff. You'll see us. I keep forgetting to mention this. I signed up for Twitter and I've been posting on that. I still need to do that too. Maybe I'll do that this week. All right. I need to do it for cool. work. <laughs> so if you're not, <laughs> there's some really great desktop apps that you can use so you don't have to use the website and stuff. But anyways, I will Twitter the convention. Whenever we're doing something cool, I'll be like, hey, I just saw this or we're going to this place. So if you want to follow along either vicariously through the web or if you actually set up your phone or whatever to follow me there. So uh, twitter.com slash VegitoEX. It's pretty simple. VegitoEX is me everywhere. Oh, speaking of VegitoEX, I am VegitoEX on Xbox Live. Add me to your friends. Love to play against you. If you're going to send me your friend request, just mention like, I'm a podcast listener or this is me over on the forum or something because sometimes I get people and I'm like I have no idea who this is and are they just like some person I've never met it doesn't have to be a voice message and just be like hey text I listen to the podcast whatever but add me and we'll totally play burst limit Um, maybe this week I should have some time while I'm compiling stuff at night so I gotta be playing the game more Uh, I think that's that's the anime next stuff. What else do we have going on? Oh, next week's episode. I'm going to try to pull together an episode ahead of time so I can post it when we get back from the con. It's going to be um it'll it's going to be an experiment. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to doing it and hopefully I can cobble that together. And then we'll start up the manga review of Awesomeness again starting in uh what, July? Is that next month? Yep. So we'll start that up in 2 weeks with uh Dragon Ball Volume 17 or over here in the US DBZ Volume 1. And I think that's going to be it. Mary. Mike. Let's get rid of you. Okay, if you insist. Thanks for doing a, a short show. You're welcome. Fun times. What do you want to plug? I want to plug Temple of Trunks because right. it's all I've got. Alright, do it. You can find it at www.t-e-m-p-l-e-o-t-r-u-n-k-s.com and I'm going to go let out the cats because they're whining at the door. Nice. We'll uh, maybe see you next week. I don't know. I don't know yet. You don't know if maybe I'll be here next week. Maybe you won't be involved week. at all. Oh I my know. gosh. I mean, I'll see you next week. I meant on the show. like I know I'm, what you oh, meant. okay. Right. Cool. Later. Bye. Bye, Andrew. Later. See ya. Uh, Julian and myself can be found at DaiZenChewyX. That's the name of the show you're listening to right now. www.daizex.com. I did it again because most of you say Z, I think. But I say Z because that's the cool way to say it. Americans, we know how to say our letters. That's uh, the end of the show. We'll see you next week at Anime Next, maybe. And if not, we'll have some kind of a show for you. I think that's it. Goodbye. So for uh, Mary over there, for Julian off in Japan, Deluxe playing Capcom Fighting Jam. My name is Mike, the GWX. And oh, Daizenshuiex Podcast. Konshimo kite kudasate arigatou gozaimasu. Jikai mo otanushimi ni.